0: Hey, welcome to First Wednesday of April. Yes, it's April Fool's Day, and this is no joke. We are with you tonight. It's going to be a tremendous time. Uh, we're still on this um, online, uh, only for church, and, but tonight's going to be very special. I've asked Andrew to dig out some worship from some past Sundays, so that through the miracle of technology, we can replay that Sunday worship Uh, as we had it here in the church. And I want you to turn it up loud, stand up, get people involved, raise your hands, and let's worship. And after the worship set, we're going to go right into a teaching I did on the supernatural. Because I feel like that is so important in a time right now when people are panicking and they're afraid and we're doing everything in the natural to survive and to have strength. But I believe we need God's super added to our natural. So let me pray for you as we come into worship and then into the word. And then I'm going to come back with a very important thing to tell you at the end of the teaching. So be sure you stay in to the very end and uh, and, and just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Father, I pray right now on this first Wednesday. As we're looking at the spiritual gifts, that we're looking at the empowerment of the Holy Spirit into our life. Empower us to worship. Let us raise the rafters. Let's shake the roof. Let's make a difference right now with our worship. And not just watch, but we want to worship. And then, Lord, we want to listen to the word. I believe that you want to speak to us again from this teaching about the supernatural in your name, Jesus. So get ready to worship and get ready for the word.
1: Welcome to the Father's house, so good to see you this morning. Let's stand on our feet, let's put our hands together, and let's sing of our great God this morning. Come let us worship our King, come let us bow at His feet, He has done great things. See what our Savior has done, see how His love overcomes. He has done great things, He has done great things. O oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain, O oh God. You have done great things We dance in your freedom Awake and alive Oh Jesus our Savior Your name lifted high Oh God You have done great things You've been faithful through every storm and you'll be faithful forevermore you have done great things and I know you will do it again for your promises yes and amen you will do great things God you do great things oh hero of heaven you conquered the grave you free every captive and break every chain oh god you have done great things we dance in your freedom awake and alive oh jesus our savior your name lifted high oh god you have done great things hallelujah god Above it all, hallelujah, God. Unshakeable, hallelujah, you have done great things. Yes, you have, God. Sing hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Above it all, hallelujah, God. Unshakeable, hallelujah, you have done great things you've done great things come on sing it out oh hero of heaven you conquered the grave you free every captive and break every chain oh god you have done great things we dance in your freedom awake and alive oh jesus our savior your name lifted high oh god you have done great things you have done great things oh god you do great things Mover of mountains, breaker of chains, Jesus has triumphed over the grave. Sing hallelujah, the battle is won, nothing can stand against our God. The dark tried to hide you and steal you away Death tried to keep you inside of the grave The enemy fought you, he tried but he lost You cannot be stopped When we cried for freedom, you tore down the walls The weight of our burdens, you carried it all Our fears and our failures hang dead on the cross, you cannot be stopped. Mover of mountains, breaker of chains, Jesus has triumphed over the grave. Sing hallelujah, the battle is won. Nothing can stand against our God We stand on your victory And shout out your praise yeah. Miracle maker You're mighty to say Awesome in power relentless in love you cannot be stopped mover of mountains breaker of chains jesus has triumphed over the grave sing hallelujah the battle is won nothing can stand against our god There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There is nothing. There is nothing. Come on, sing it out. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There is nothing. There is nothing. Come on, declare it this morning. There's nothing. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There is nothing. breaker of chains jesus has triumphed over the grave sing hallelujah the battle is won nothing can stand against our god mover of mountains breaker of chains jesus has triumphed over the grave sing hallelujah the battle is won. Nothing can stand against our God. The oceans push and pull at your command. You hold the moon and stars within your hand and all with just a breath the world began we sing god there's nobody like you god there's nobody like you god and there will never be From heaven's highest place you reach for us My sin and shame forever overcome The grave was overwhelmed by perfect love There's nobody like you, God. There's nobody like you, God. There will never be. And God, there's nobody like you, God. There's nobody like. There's nobody like you, God. There's no...
2: rest in your presence here this morning and knowing that you are God and you are God all by yourself Father forgive us for putting things in front of you forgive us for moving in our own strength God it's not that we maliciously mean to it's just sometimes we forget that you really are God and that you cannot be stopped that you're great that there's nobody like you Nobody can save like you can. Nobody can love like you can. Nobody can back us up like you can. There truly is nobody like you, God. And I thank you this morning that all over this place, that you are making that real to each and every one of us. That we could search the whole world over and never find anyone like you. For whatever we need, there you are, and that's who you are.
1: render to Him this morning. There'll never be anyone like You. There'll never be anyone like You. There'll never be anyone like You. God, one more time, yeah. There'll never be anyone like You. There'll never be anyone like You. There'll never be. Any- Anyone like you God your name is greater than any name I know your throne is higher than any other throne you are the offer, the creator of it all you stand i hey.
0: Hey, we're in a series called Supernatural. Say supernatural. And um, we said to live a supernatural life, it's really all about the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times people are afraid of that term, Holy Spirit. Had someone talk to me after the <clears throat> service today and said, You know what? I've been going to church for 35 years, and I've only heard any, someone teach on the Holy Spirit one other time and this time. She said, Why is it that there's such a lack of teaching on the Holy Spirit? And I said, well, I think it's a lot of times because the Holy Spirit has been packaged in such a wrong way that people turn off the blessing of God for us to live a powerful life because they've seen abuses. So the very first week I said, let's start simple on a blank sheet of paper. Let's understand what Holy Spirit means. Spirit in the Old Testament is the word rock. In the New Testament, it's the word pneuma, which simply means wind. Say wind. Or it means breath, say breath. So it's like a breath of fresh air or wind in your sale that will help you through life. So it gives you power. So we looked at the first week. So if you weren't here, you might want to go back on the website, Facebook, uh, and YouTube and take a look at those. And then also the second week, we looked at the word Pentecost. What does Pentecost mean? It's not somebody who wears a lot of makeup or someone who wears a little makeup. It's not wearing a bun on top of your head that's known as bondage. Pentecost <clears throat> simply means 50. Say 50. And it was a day in which the Lord poured out this freshness, the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. So today I want to continue in this and I want to talk about supernatural filling. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 there in your notes. Would you read it out loud with me this morning? But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be filled with power. This is Jesus talking and he said, I'm making you a promise. One thing I know about the Lord, when the Lord makes a promise, he keeps it, right? And he said, I'm going to fill you, I'm going to fill you uh, with the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you're going to receive power. You're going to begin to operate in supernatural. We say oh, what is that what's this spooky, scary? No. It just means that he's gonna take the natural of my life and he's gonna add his super to it, and I'll be able to live a victorious Christian life and be able to impact people. That's really scary, isn't it? No, that's something we need. We need that filling. The word they're filled, he said, I will you'll be filled. One translation of the word filled describes the concept of a wind. You might want to take a picture of that because you won't have time to write it down. One translation of the word filled describes the concept of the wind filling the sail of a ship as it carries it out to sea. By that definition, to be filled with the Spirit is to allow God to fill the sails and to guide your course through life, making his commands a delight, not a drudgery. Another meaning of that word filled is to simply to mean to be immersed or to be baptized. Um, And there are three baptisms that I want to talk about today. People say, well, I just thought I heard about, you know, the baptism of water and baptism of the Holy Ghost. You mean there's three? So let's look at these today and let's learn something. Um, Hebrews chapter 6 verses 1 through 2 there in your notes says now, It's time for us to progress beyond the basic message of Christ and to advance into perfection. In other words, we need to keep moving deeper into a greater revelation of the Lord. The foundation has already been laid for us to build upon. And here's the foundation. That we turn away from our dead works, embrace faith in God, teaching about different what? Baptisms, plural. Impartation. By the laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. The word there, baptisms, is uh, the word baptismos, and it means to wash, to dip, to be fully immersed into something. It means that there is a baptizer that baptizes you into something. It's a picture of if you had if you had a white cloth and you had a red vat. Of uh, dye you take the white cloth and you immerse it into the red dye and when you pull it out of the red dye it's no longer white but now it has the red that's there ingrained into it itself but there was somebody who dipped it right So in all of these baptisms this morning, there's going to be a baptizer and then something that we're baptized into. So let's talk about these three this morning. First one is that we're baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. We call this salvation. Let's say it together. Baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. It's called salvation the Holy Spirit draws us and points us towards a relationship with Jesus and then at that moment when we experience regeneration or at that moment when we invite Christ into our heart and into our life you have nothing to do about it but in the twinkling of an eye the Holy Spirit who is the baptizer baptizes us into the body of Christ and so if you look around here this morning people that are have uh, given their hearts to the Lord. If you would consider yourself a Christ follower today, would you raise your hand? Just raise your hand if you consider yourself a Christ follower. So look around. Those are people that are part of the body of Christ. That means they're part of your body. And so when how, how that we're joined together into one body is that we begin to serve Jesus Christ, invite him into our life. Do you understand that? So here's uh, Paul talking about that. He says, for by one spirit. So even if you didn't understand the theology, the grammar of all of these baptisms, they have a different subject. The subject, the one that's doing the baptism here is whom? The Holy Spirit, right? Is that what it says? For by, this refers to who's doing the baptism, for by one spirit, the Holy Spirit, we're all immersed and mingled into one single body. No matter our status, whether we're Jews, non-Jews, Democrats, Republicans, independent, oppressed, or free, we're all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? That means sometimes in life you need to suck up your own opinion and make room for other people who may have a different opinion than you because they're part of the body. And uh, yeah, so that's good. This is the baptism... This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Say that with me. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a different baptism, and it's called a baptism in or with the Holy Spirit, and I'll talk about that as a third one today. So, when did it happen to the disciples? Well, turn with me to John chapter 20, and let me show you this baptism, baptism that the Holy Spirit does, baptizing us into the body of Christ John chapter 20 verse 19 this is when the disciples were baptized by the Holy Spirit into Jesus the Sunday evening the disciples this is after the death burial and resurrection of Jesus that Sunday evening the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you. I think he had to say that, because, say that because it's about to pass out. The doors were locked. They looked around. Then all of a sudden, poof, Jesus is right there. Hey, is that going to be cool when we get to heaven or what? I don't have to knock on your door. I just poof, just show up. Uh, wouldn't that be awesome? And so he says to them, uh, peace be to you. Then he whew, breathed on them and said, read it with me. Receive the Holy Spirit receive the Holy Spirit. What is he doing? Well, up till now, their sins have never been forgiven. And you say, what? Well, but they were disciples, they were preachers, they were following Jesus, but they were operating under the old covenant because their sins couldn't be forgiven until Jesus died, was buried, resurrected, took that offering, that peace offering toward God, and so now he comes back And one of the first things he says to them is that you need to be baptized now into me. You need this baptism of the Holy Spirit so that your sins can be forgiven and you can begin serving me. Isn't that awesome? And so uh, then he tells them about another baptism in Acts chapter 1 that's going to be, that still is going to happen for them. So that first baptism was a baptism of the Holy Spirit that baptized them, signified that their sins had been forgiven. Some of your little dreary about that because you thought you mean they've been preaching and doing all of that and their sins were never forgiven no they were operating the old covenant the old covenant is everybody looked by faith toward the coming of the messiah just like today we look for our sins to be forgiven we look back to the coming of the messiah the death of the cross so they look towards the cross and we look back to the cross so the whole time that the 12 disciples are following jesus until this moment they're operating under the old covenant covenant of believing that one day the Messiah will come and now the Messiah comes and he says receive the Holy Spirit receive this baptism wow aren't you glad that's happened to you also wow so he says in Acts chapter 1 verses 3 through 5 during the 40 days after he suffered and died he appeared to the apostles from time to time to prove to them in many ways that he was actually alive and he talked to them about the kingdom of God once while they were, he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You say, well, I thought he just did that in John 20. No, that was the baptism of the Holy Spirit baptizing them as a believer but he says I don't want you to start ministry I don't want you to start evangelizing I don't want you to start trying to do ministry until you have been baptized with or in the Holy Spirit so there are two different ones but now let's look at the one in between real quick and then I'll come back to this third one number two we are baptized in water and we're baptized by a believer he says in uh, Matthew 28:19, "Therefore go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit." So he says, after you become a believer, after you've been baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ, then you need to be baptized in water. Notice the pattern. Notice the pattern. You become a believer and then you get baptized So people who ask the question, well, I was baptized as a child or I was baptized in another church. I simply say this. Did you follow the pattern? You gave your heart to the Lord. You were redeemed. You repented of your sins. And since that time, have you been baptized in water? In Romans chapter six is a powerful passage that talks about uh, being set free. Here's something I've learned in 50 something years of ministry. When people skip over water baptism, they struggle with disobedience for the rest of their life. Because Jesus says, repent and be baptized. So if you repent and you're not baptized, you're, you have already sown a seed of rebellion that I'm not going to do what he says I should do. So I've noticed this, that people who skip over water baptism, it's more than just a sign uh, there's a whole lot more that happens to you. Uh, that they struggle, they struggle with tithing, they struggle with a lot of things that has to do with obedience. In the New Testament church, being baptized in water did not secure your salvation. It secured your position as a disciple. It was uh we raise hands, we fill out a card, we pray, but for them The sign that you were a disciple of Jesus Christ is that you were fully baptized, immersed in water. So if you haven't experienced that, I pray to use that connection card and sign up for our next water baptism. So let's jump to number three. There is the baptism with or in the Holy Spirit. Baptism with, or you can also say in the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3 and 11. I baptize with water. This is John the Baptist talking. Those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone who's coming soon is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave or to carry his sandals. Read this out loud with me. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Who is the he? Who is the he? So, in the first baptism, who was the baptizer? Holy Spirit baptizing us into Jesus. And then in the second one, who is the baptizer in the baptism in water? Who is the baptizer? A believer. A believer. Not just clergy, but believe in the New Testament. If you led somebody to the Lord, you could baptize them. We have parents baptize their kids. Uh, We have people that uh, stand alone and baptize. So we're baptized by a believer into water, right? But now here, we're baptized by Jesus with or in the Holy Spirit. He says, I baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Mark 1 and 8. So even if you don't understand theology grammar is different first baptism the Holy Spirit baptizes second baptism the believer baptizes the third baptism in or with the Holy Spirit Jesus baptizes us Wow notice the pattern notice the pattern Acts chapter uh, 2 verse 38 Peter said each of you must repent of your sins turn to God And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Do you see that? It's very clear, the pattern there. Be saved, repent, baptized in water, and then baptized by Jesus with the Holy Spirit in our life. I mean, that doesn't take a theologian to see that pattern. It's there. Let me show it to you. Uh, even beyond just the beginning here in in Acts, let's look at Acts chapter. Let me join. Let's jump to Acts chapter eight. Acts chapter eight. This is actually five years. Say five years. Five years after Pentecost. So when people say, well, that's just, you know, the baptism in or with the Holy Spirit, which just happened on the day of Pentecost, number one, they've never read the book of Acts. Number two, they don't understand church history of how that this has been ongoing. And I'm not saying that to diminish. I'm just saying that we came the very first week of this. And I said, let's start with a blank page. Let's see what the scripture says. Not what Uncle Billy Bob said, not what you read on the Internet. Well, what does the word say? So the first week we said Holy Spirit means wind or breath. Second of all, we said that on the day of Pentecost, the Lord poured out his spirit 50 days after Passover. So today we're just simply saying there is a baptism in or with the Holy Spirit that gives us supernatural power to live a Christian life. So let's see if the pattern continues. Acts chapter 8, five years after Pentecost. Beginning at verse 12. Now, the people believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus. As a result, many men and women were baptized, baptized in water. Now, look at verse 14. Now, the God squad from Jerusalem, the apostles, uh, came down and they heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message. And then they sent Peter and John there. So they had heard back in Jerusalem that the people down there have been uh, baptized into the body of Christ. They've become saved and they've been baptized in water. And the verse 16. um, Actually, let me read verse 15. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. For they had been only baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers and they received the Holy Spirit. Notice the pattern, the same pattern. Now, let's look over to uh, Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 6. This is uh, 25 years after Pentecost. 25 years, if you want to make a note in your Bible. 25 years. So 25 years later, the pattern is still going. When Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several what? Several what? They were already believers. He are not newbies. They're already believers. And he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit? You know, repent of your sins, be baptized, receive the Holy Spirit. The baptism that Jesus does into or with the Holy Spirit. Now, isn't that amazing? We'd say, well, I, I was always taught that it all happened at the same time. And, I, and a lot of us were. You know, that's that's how we came up. Because we, we never really saw in the Scripture, no one pointed this out to us. But if it happened, here, here's a question. If both baptisms, number one and number two that I talked about, happen at the same time. Why would Paul, master theologian, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, who should know theology, right? He doesn't say, oh, since since you gave your heart to the Lord, then you've received all there is for the Holy Spirit. He doesn't say that. He says, you're already a believer. You've been baptized in water. And he asks, did you receive the Holy Spirit that Jesus baptizes us when you believed? He said, no, we haven't even heard of a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience? And he said, the baptism of John. John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Paul laid his hands on them. The Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with other tongues, and they prophesied. Some people say, well, I just, I, I thought they were all the same. Let me show you a verse in 1 John 5, 7, and 8. 1 John 5, 7, and 8. It's on the screen there, all right? For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. So it says, in heaven, there are three that bear witness to the supernatural life. And they are who? The Father, the Word, and the and the Holy Spirit or we could say the Father the Son Jesus is the Word and the Holy Spirit right three in heaven that witness that there is a supernatural life there is a power for your life and they testify to that in heaven now on earth it's symbolized by three different witnesses on earth look at this the Spirit the water and the blood the blood represents Jesus right that's the first baptism. And the water. And then the Spirit. So, John is saying listen, there's the pattern. The three baptisms the baptism of the Holy Spirit that baptizes us into new life in Jesus, the water baptism, and then the baptism that Jesus does, baptizing us into or with the Holy Spirit. So, here's some questions I'd like for you to ask yourself right now. Number one. Have I only experienced one or two of the baptisms? Maybe you've, maybe you've given your heart to the Lord, but you've never been baptized in water. Why not? If it's, if, it's, if, if it's a progressive step that Jesus has for you, or maybe you say, you know what? I've never been baptized by Jesus with the Holy Spirit. I, I, I didn't even know that that was possible. But I see it here. Uh, here's the second question. Do you want a supernatural power to help you? I mean, I'm I'm signing up, right? I'm signing up for all the help that I can get. I was sitting here a few minutes ago, and here's my prayer, Lord. I can't do this. I'm not smart enough to do this. I can't change people's lives. I can't help them in life. I can only point them towards you, and I am totally dependent on you. And if you, and Holy Spirit, if you don't put fresh wind in my sail, I I'm just a noisemaker. What if I told you I had an encounter with God? And God gave me the ability to dance supernaturally. Yeah. I mean I go to the gym every week and Al makes me try to balance on that crazy boosey ball, whatever you call it. You know, it's a half of a ball. Stand there and do weights and stuff and I'm falling off in this because I don't have any balance. So if I told you I've had an encounter with God, I'm fly. Is that a word? I don't know. I think that, I don't I just is that okay, AJ? I have no idea. That just came to me. I looked at you and it came to me. So you 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 communicated that to me. By the way, congratulations on your team, man. Uh, yeah, man. South Sumter. Wow. AJ's a great coach and a great guy and a great friend. Uh, you can pay me later, AJ. Okay. So, <laughs> so I say to you, man, since I had this encounter, I'm, I'm slick. I mean, finesse, I glide across the stage. And, and you, that's exactly what you would ask, right? Show me. And so I get up and. AJ's closing his eyes right there. You'd say, I don't think you had an encounter with God, right? Right? Because there should be a telling of that. So here's what I'm asking if you have received this baptism from Jesus into or with the Holy Spirit. There should be some results in your life. I mean, you shouldn't be struggling with the same things that everybody else is struggling with in your life. Uh, and so, yeah, you say, well, you know, Terry, I've got to be honest with you. I, I could use a zap. I, I could use the power of the Holy Spirit. I could use that in my life, right? We could use that as a church. So what do I need to do? Well, here's some next steps, all right? Real quick, here's some next steps. Remove all barriers. Remove all barriers. You need to just get open and say, God, I want to look at Your Word. I want to read Your Word. I want to re-listen to this teaching. I want to look at the others. I want to check it out. Make sure that it lines up with the Word. I, I want to do that. And, and I'll, just, I'll just get rid of all my preconceived ideas. Number two, I request the gift of the Holy Spirit. Request the gift of the Holy Spirit from Jesus. Jesus said, so if you, Luke eleven thirteen, 13, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, read it out loud with me, please. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? And guess what? If you ask Father, For Holy Spirit, He doesn't send you an evil spirit. I hear people say things like this. Well, I'm just afraid because I've seen crazy people. How many have seen crazy people? I was raised with crazy people, okay? I think at times I was and am a crazy people. And and we get that in mind. Well, I'm, I'm afraid that if, if I ask, I might, I might get a demon. Are you kidding me? Do you have any confidence in your salvation? You asked Jesus to come into your life, and did you doubt? Oh, if I ask him to come into my life, he may give me a demon. You never thought about that. Then why is it when you say, let's ask, and you think, well, I might get something that's, that's false. Where did that idea come from? It came from the enemy who doesn't want you to walk in the supernatural, who doesn't want you to have power for everyday living, who doesn't want you to have this gift that the Lord has. So I, so I just ask him, Lord, I, what all you have for me, I want. And second of all, I receive him by faith, by faith. Everything that God has is by faith. He doesn't zap you and knock you out. It's an element of faith. Listen, I want to live my life in such a way that it is unexplainable without the Holy Spirit I want to be so dependent upon Him that not, I, want to, I want to so deeply desire the Spirit of God that things happen in my life that can't be faked that there's no human reason you realize that even a church can grow without the Holy Spirit power do you understand that? You can see them all around you today. And I'm not bashing anybody. I'm just saying, if you take a charismatic speaker, a talented worship team, and some creative elements, people will attend a church. That doesn't mean the Holy Spirit is active, welcome, and moving in people's lives. It just simply means we've created a space that is appealing for people to come to our church for an hour or two on Sunday and they leave unchanged, still struggling and not flowing in the supernatural. Here's my heart's desire. There's a time in my life I was really excited about when a great crowd would come to hear me preach. But you know what? I'm really not excited about a crowd that come to hear me preach anymore because it's really not about me. I mean, I love a crowd, all right? It's, it's there's greater worship when we have a crowd but crowds can come and never be changed but here's here's my heart when you come to the Father's house that you don't leave saying man that was like the greatest sermon I ever heard in my life I give people permission to come and, and leave and say well I've heard better that doesn't bother me if the second part happens people would say you know well, that's that's pretty good worship today but you know the sound was a little off you know it's just and, and if they were really a really professional good look sounding church the sound would be just right now the sound was good today right okay so it's good I got to get I got in trouble in the last service so I'm gonna tread lightly. I'm not even gonna go down that path right now but here's what I want to hear people when they walk out that building I didn't really understand everything that went on but when that girl was playing the keyboard and Andrea and Eddie were on their knees I knew why they were on their knees because I felt the same presence of God and I can't explain him I can't under I don't understand everything but I tell you I experienced what I know was the presence of an everlasting powerful God and my life can never be the same again that's my goal here at the Father's house that, that's my goal because you see we can't do this on our own and uh, you know, we need gifts say you know if you come over to my house and I say come over and help me I need to cut down the tree and I pull out my trusty pocket knife that has a Damascus steel blade those of you who know that's a really good good pocket knife right here okay so I said we're, we're gonna we're gonna cut this tree down now we could do it, but it'd probably tear up my knife, probably wear us out, and we'd still be waiting next Christmas to tear that tree down. But I'll tell you what I could do. I could take my trusty steel chainsaw, and I could grab that thing and crank it, and I could turn that thing, so what's the difference? It was just super. It was just power. See, we can try to live a believer's life, but the Lord doesn't want us to live that by ourselves. Or we can say, you know what? I'm going to go cut the weeds, the grass. So one grassy, two grassy, three grassy, four grassy. Now it could still be done, right? But it's going to take me longer. But I'll tell you what I like to do. I like to take the weed whacker. Anita likes the weed whacker so I say Anita you feel like weed whacking she doesn't take this she's smarter than I am she grabs that one cranks that thing. normal is not working for us normal is not working for us we need a fresh filling in the Holy Spirit the scripture says be ye continually being filled with the Spirit the last thing there the next step last thing number four is that relate to him every day the amazing grace of the master Jesus Christ the extravagant love of God and the say it with me the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit you see I'm not wanting us to just, let's just zap up. Let's get so full of the Holy Spirit. Come on, let's get, we lay hands on people, knock them out. And we can do this and we can do that. And uh, You know, uh, some people, they do that. They, they just want to show. We don't want to show. We want to walk in that intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. But I can't always be bodily with you. So I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, the comforter. And He's going to guide you. You hear a voice from behind that says, this is the way to walk in it. You'll be walking down, you'll hear that voice of the Holy Spirit directing you and guiding you. How many of you believe today here at the Father's house, we need to walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit and be baptized as Jesus wants us to be baptized? Would you raise your other hand right now? And let's just pray. Holy Spirit, give us, give us fresh filling today. Holy Spirit, give us a fresh filling today. And if you've never received this baptism that Jesus has for for you. you can receive him today, but fill us afresh today. Lord Jesus, please don't let us go another year operating in and out. But let us operate in the fullness of the Holy Spirit to give us power. I can't do this on my own, Lord. But Holy Spirit, you come alongside of us. So let me pray for. Let's bow our heads and some of you that are here today, and maybe you've never invited Jesus Christ into your heart and into your life. And you'd say today, you know what, Terry? I need to start with square one. I feel the Holy Spirit drawing me today. I need to come to Jesus. I uh, I feel like He's drawing me like a like a a magnet to Him, and I I need His presence. I need Him in my life to forgive me of my sins. Maybe years ago you walked with him, but lately you've walked away from him. But today you'd like to rededicate your life or surrender your life today for the first time. Would you just raise your hand and make eye contact with me and let me pray with you today? Say, yeah, that's me. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Others today. There's three, four. Others today. Say, yeah, that's me. That's me today. I want to do that. Thank you, ma'am. Five, six. Thank you. Seven. Others today say that's me. That's me. Thank you. Thank you. Eight, nine. Listen, look at me for just a moment. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. I can give you the words, but it's you surrendering your life, realizing I I can't continue on this way. I I need Jesus directing my life. Carrie sings the song Jesus Take the Wheel. That's the prayer that we're getting ready to pray. We're just simply saying I'm going to get out of the driver's seat. I'm going to turn the wheel of my life over to you. Because I realize, unless you're driving this, I'm going nowhere on purpose. But I know today that you can forgive me of my past. You can give me a purpose for my present. And you can give me the promise of eternal life with you. Isn't that awesome? So would you pray this prayer with me today, with those eight or nine that raised their hand today? Lord Jesus... In your word, you said, if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you died for my sins and you rose again and that your Lord, I could be forgiven of my sins. So I take the pattern and I repent of my sins and I want to be baptized in water and I'd like for you to fill me with your spirit in Jesus. Man, I enjoyed that worship time and, and I really enjoyed the word. I think I got more out of it the second time than I did when I did it the other uh, the other time of teaching. But here's what I wanted to say, that I think if you're like me, you're, you're running out of words. What else can we pray? We're praying for this uh, pandemic to cease. Uh, we're asking God with everything that we know how to do to uh, pray about this thing. But this week, as I was getting ready for tonight, I felt like the Lord told me to reread 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that talks about Paul gives guidelines to the operation of the Holy Spirit on a corporate worship. But then he also talks about the power of praying in our heavenly prayer language. And as I re-looked at that, I thought, you know, maybe we need to recommit in these next few weeks or days, however long this lasts to praying in the Holy Spirit, because I run out of words and don't know what to say. And so I was thinking about that. What is the purpose, the primary purpose of this heavenly language of being able to pray in tongues? And I I believe there's uh, four things. First of all, it enables us to pray uh, more um, uh, maybe on purpose, maybe is a word to say. Here's what he says in um, chapter uh, uh, 14, verse 2. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but he speaks to God for no one understands him. But however, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So one of the primary purposes is when we speak to God, what's that called? It's called prayer. So one of the primary purposes of this uh, endowment of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues is for prayer. The second thing I began to look at is in verses 14 and 15. He says, I will sing in the spirit. So the second primary purpose is the first one is prayer. The second one is praise. I'm going to I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to sing in my heavenly language. The third purpose I see is in verse 16, where he says, I'm going to give thanks. And uh, so there it is. Prayer, praise, giving of thanks. In other words, the Holy Spirit can articulate thanks in a way that I can't. And then according to Jude 20, it says that we build ourselves up in our most holy faith. So there it is. The four primary purposes of speaking in tongues are the prayer language. Increases our prayer, increases our praise, increases our giving of thanks, and it builds us up. Paul said, I pray in tongues more than you all. So I began to look at that and think about that this week. And I thought, you know what? The Holy Spirit can articulate Desires, longing, principles, truths that I simply run out of the words because of the limitation of my language. It's, but when I do this in the Holy Spirit, I move beyond my natural vocabulary to the supernatural vocabulary. So let's spend some more time this week praying in that heavenly language. I want to say thank you. Thank you for being so faithful with checking on people. Being with us online um, and thanking you so much for your constant giving. Let me remind you the various ways that you can give. Uh, you can go to our website. You can see all the ways that are there. You can drop it by this week in, in the office. Uh, you can mail it in. You can go online at thefathershouse.com slash giving. I believe where it is. And you can set up for autom- automotive <laughs> automated giving. Or also you can just do give. Text give. And let me check that. Make sure I get it right. It's uh, go on your phone and text giving to 352-329-2301 and follow the prompts. Or you know what? There are other ways you can give. You can give stocks. You can give real estate. You know, maybe even think about adding the father's house to your will. Because all that we do is continue to minister to people. This week, Pastor Tim came to me and said, you know, one of the, uh, one of the faith-based agencies in our community is running low. Can we, can we help them? And so we took money from the church and go and shop for them and help them. And we're doing everything that we can. So it's because of your faithfulness in prayer, your faithfulness in hanging with us on online services, faithfulness in your small groups, and faithfulness with your tithing and giving. Thank you so much. Look forward to seeing you Sunday. It's going to be a great day.